Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are delighted that you can join us for this episode of Shouts of Grace. And as always, we want to give a shout out to any first-time listeners. If this is your first time listening to Shouts of Grace, we want to say welcome and let you know that you can go to our website if you desire to listen to some past episodes, probably close to about two, two and a half years, 160, 170 episodes, something around there. Um, I haven't looked in a while, um, but anyways, you can catch up on a whole host of topics and uh, different things that we cover, um, as well as drop us an email if you wanted to make a comment or a suggestion. And if you are a return listener, then um, we want to say welcome back and thank you for your support. And as always, we want to give a shout out to Key Radio here in Provo, Utah for the use of their studios. And so if you know anything about Shouts of Grace, you know that we um, take different uh, scriptures, take different topics, what it might be happening in the world. We have different friends um, from around the country, different pastor friends that come on. And so today is no different. Um, I have actually a double whammy today. I have in studio uh, Pastor Mike Cunningham from Redemption Hill Church, Church Planner for Grace Church. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks Good. for the invite. And I have a friend that you can't see, but you'll be able to hear a long-term friend. My gosh, going back plus 20 years, Mike Sasso from Calvary Chapel Eagle in Eagle, Idaho. How are you? Good, great. How are you guys doing? Good. He's actually be used to be my my apologetics overseer at the church we both attended in California. Gosh, when was that? That was like in the nineties, right? Yeah, that don't was ask way. me because uh, my mind is a blur with all the. <laughs> I've lived too long. 20, at least 25 years ago, something like that. Anyway, that dates Mike and um, everyone on this program is getting older except me. I am getting younger. Um, and so anyway, but um, today, you guys, what I wanted to do is I thought, you know, um, we'd, we'd, we've been going through the series, we're called Hopping Through the Psalms, and there's no particular, you know, uh, rhyme or reason for the psalm that we're choosing, we're just kind of hopping through them, but I, I, you know, last week I landed on Psalm 10, and I just thought, man, you know, this psalm is, is a great psalm for our day and age, because it really talks about... Um, the wicked. It talks about the people that don't know God and how these people seem to just kind of fly through life and and they're prospering and things that you would think would happen to people that don't know God don't happen to them. And it's just kind of a confusing scratch your head kind of man. What is going on here, right? I thought God wasn't mocked, right? I thought whatever a man sows, that's what he reaps. And so what I want to do is, is I'm just going to read a section of this, and then um, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to throw it back to you guys, and you guys can hit the ball back and forth. Um, Psalm chapter 10, or Psalm 10, verse 1, it says, Why, O Lord, um, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor, let them be caught in their schemes and they that they have uh, de- devised for the wicked, it says, boasts of the desire of his soul and the one greedy for gain curses 
and renounces the Lord in the pride of his face. The wicked does not seek him or God. All um, his thoughts are there is no God. And so the psalmist, Mike Sasso, I'm going to have to call you guys by name because you're both you're both Mike's. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mike Sasso, um, uh, the older one, um, Yoda. We'll call him Yoda. <laughs> anyway, Mike, he seems to start off saying here that um, there's almost an accusation against God in the face of what he's noticing around his world in his life. And that is, God, you don't see. You don't see what's happening. Why are you so far away? Look at what's happening with the wicked. Talk about that perception that people might have that God doesn't care. Why would they have that perception today? Yeah, you know, it's funny. uh, Just this last Sunday yesterday, I was talking through about what's going on in our country today. And, I, I, you know, I really believe if you get your eyes open, you see that it seems like atheism is on the rise. There's not only atheism, but uh, hostility against Christians. People I know who used to be Christians, as a matter of fact, I know people who used to be pastors and have turned atheist just within the last five, 10 years. I've seen I, some that you know, Steve, I'm not going to mention by name, but it's it's horrific. And it's it, it just this this verse stands out to me in verse four. The wicked is proud. Uh, now I'm reading from the New King James. I wouldn't recognize your um, translation. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Once you eliminate God, uh, it, there's no telling where you're going to go from there. And as our nation is is just testifying to us, we're seeing what's happening with morals on every level, from sexuality, uh, from just basic understanding of right and wrong. It's all once you get rid of the concept of God, we're in trouble. We're a sinking ship. Mm. And mm. so, uh, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine who used to be a pastor, I'm dialoguing with him over Facebook, and I'm getting attacked by his friends who he has recently joined up with, who are pagans and heathens, the self-proclaimed heathens. I'm thinking, boy, there's no telling, there's no limit to how far you'll go down and who your new friends will be, who mm. you'll be fellowshipping with once you eliminate you're hearing my canary back there. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> my canary wants to be a part of the show. Come on, so. Mike. That's your anyway, favorite pet. It, it's horrific. <laughs> um, Mike Cunningham, Pastor Mike. Um, is God far away? Is is God standing afar off? Does he not see? Because I've got a lot of friends that'll say, you know, look at all that's happening. God God's, God, doesn't see. How do I even know God exists? He doesn't care. He's passive towards evil. What? What is? Is he far away? Isn't it interesting how... This is so timeless because it is from the human perspective. No, he's not far away. He is, he's right with us. But our, this is written from a human perspective. And so it can feel far away. It can feel hopeless. But God is sovereign and God is in control. And I think that uh, the emotions you hear here are, you know, there's righteous indignation because there's all this sin. And then there's also the feeling of abandonment or, or things of, you know, feeling like we're uh, God's not present, not in control that are not accurate because we just because we feel this way doesn't make it true. Yeah. He says something interesting. I'd like to get both your guys' perspective on it. He says in verse two, 
um, talking about the wicked hotly pursuing the poor, let them be caught in their schemes that they have devised. It almost seems like the psalmist is saying, here's the reality, now let justice be served. But wait a minute, Mike Sasso, I thought Christians are supposed to pray for mercy and not justice. And and and, and a lot of times I think, um, you know, we have people that even in our church right now that are that are dealing with some pretty heavy stuff and there and there's tension between I want to see justice, but I know I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to just love mercy. And so which is it, Mike? How do you how do you balance that tension? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us anywhere that we're not supposed to love justice. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to love ju- justice and mercy uh, both together. They're both equally valuable. And I, I have to admit, if I first approach God on the basis of do I want justice for me, I realize, wait, I got to tread carefully here because we're all guilty of sin. We are all we all need God's mercy. And so we want to come to him humbly, realizing that if God gave justice, we'd all be wiped out. Uh, but beyond that, we look at the wickedness in the world and injustice, and we should cry out, but God remedies it. I think where we go wrong, Steve, is when we think it's our job to stand up and uh, initiate justice. When we think we're going to you know, uh, be rogue, uh, be um, vigilantes, and we think we're going to initiate justice, we call out on God to be the one who brings forth justice, and then we wait on him humbly, and we act when he tells us to act, but we got to be careful with that one because I've known a lot of people, especially in today's political climate, that want to rise up and overthrow the government or overthrow this group and that group. No, we need to be humbly waiting on the Lord and waiting for his instructions. Mm. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Pastor Mike Cunningham, any thoughts on that? Who's justice? Hmm. My justice? God's justice. I mean, obviously God's justice. I mean, when we get really indignant, we are somehow offended and we are elevating ourselves among above the other people and in some cases almost elevating above god because god if you're not handling this the way that i think you should handle this then i'm at odds with you and Mm. the fact of the matter is when we're aligned to his plan his purposes his justice it falls into line and we have the patience to have god work things out for his glory as opposed to our preferences. Yeah. And I think there's an interesting an interesting twist here because when you look at the cross, right? On one hand, you could say that was the most unjust thing ever done in the history of humanity. But on the other hand, you can say was justice not served? Was that not the propitiation for our sins? Was that not satisfactory justice for God in punishing sin, right? And every Christian would say, that was unjust, yet in God's eyes, that's the just punishment for sin. And so you've got these two things working together at the same time that leaves tension there. And so I don't know that we're called to erase the tension. I think you just, like you said, Mike, I mean, you just have mercy and justice and they both exist and we're sinners and sometimes we'll swim in one pool and maybe we'll fall into the other and we just pray that God forgives us of the discrepancies that we call hypocrisy and call it good. But um, after the break, I want to take a short break here, but after the break, I want to talk about something in verse five. It says, his ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high out of his sight. And there's something very interesting about that because as people carry on, Pastor pa- Pastor Mike Sasso, as people carry on in their life, they don't see 
the judgments of God. They're too high for them. They think, as Solomon said, because sentence against an evil work isn't speedily executed, the hearts of the sons of men get fully set into doing evil. And so they think, just because I didn't get busted for something right away, I'm getting away with it. And they don't understand the judgments of God are beyond their sight, but they are there. And I want to talk more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We will be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. I have in studio today Pastor Mike Cunningham from um, I'm going to call it kind of a kind of a dual affiliation, right? He's, he's part of Redemption Hill um, in process of of launching uh, Grace Church um, here in um, not in Orem in Vineyard. Um, and then I got a good long term friend of mine, um, Pastor Mike Sasso um, from Calvary Chapel Eagle in Eagle, Idaho, is on the line. My brother, um, right before the break, um, I threw something out to you just about this idea. That that God, he starts off the psalm and he says, God, where are you? But then he circles back and he says, God's judgments are not gone. They're just out of the sight of the wicked. What does that mean practically? Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking during the break, which wasn't very long for me. I'm, I'm thinking that's <laughs> interesting. Now, in, in the New Living, it says, yet they succeed in everything they do. Speaking of the wicked, uh, they do not see your punishment awaiting them. Mm. They sneer at all their enemies. So uh, afar off, I would think the best thing I could look at at, at this moment is that it's, it's above them. It's beyond their uh, consideration or beyond their understanding, because I like the way the New Living puts it. It says they do not see their, hmm. that their punishment is awaiting them. Uh, it's beyond them. It's, it's, it's above their pay grade to understand this kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Pastor, Pastor Mike Cunningham, um, I know it's pertain, pertaining to um, elders in its context, but in 1 Timothy 5, it says that some, we're not to lay hands on, on, on men suddenly, because some men's sins are clearly evident preceding them to judgment. And it almost seems to kind of indicate the same thing, that you can look at a person's life and you know that their sin is actually preceding the judgment. Kind of like what Mike was saying, the judgment's waiting for them, but their sin is just in front of, of that. Whereas, you know, some men's sins are clearly, clearly having preceding them in judgment, others come later. And so talk about this idea that, that the wicked aren't getting away with anything. Right. You, you reject Christ, you ain't getting away with anything. You know, worldly acceptance is not the point. God is the ultimate point, and he knows. And so even though you might not be getting immediate worldly accountability for your actions, it doesn't mean it's not coming. And when you were talking about the hidden sin, I mean, what's happening even in our culture right now is what has been popular is for us to look really good on the outside, but then on the inside, we don't. if we don't address that, that stuff starts leaking out. And we're seeing it leak out in a lot of our leaders, a lot of our pastors in our culture right now where uh, the inside and the outside didn't match. And what God is warning against that because, you know, he is the one who's to be perfecting our character and, and we're supposed to be guiding after his justice and his mercy and being able to be used by him, by his measurements and not our own. Yeah. Pastor Mike Sasso, um, God does see. 
I mean, you've, you've been, a, you've been a believer, you've been a pastor for a long time and you've watched this play out in many people's lives where they act as if God doesn't see, they act as if God, you know, um, is passive towards evil. Um, but then all of a sudden you come to this verse 14, which answers the question in verse one, but you do see for you note mischief and vexa- and vexation that you may take it into your hands. Talk about the importance for a Christian when they see the lack of justice in, as you know, as Pastor Mike Cunningham said, in whose eyes, when they see the lack of justice taking place, things haven't caught up with a person yet. Talk about what the believer's position ought to be considering this verse, God, you see, you note vexation and that you may take it into your hands. Well, it's interesting that Christians are so easily deceived themselves that we we lose sight because we look at the natural, we look at the carnal, we look at you know what we can see with our eyes, and we lose track of, of God's truth. And that's why Paul even wrote in uh, Galatians 6, 7, he says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now, there's the overall principle. It's not talking about tit for tat, every little thing you do wrong, but it's talking about the principle of brethren, don't lose sight of this. Keep investing in the spirit. Beware of, of sowing to the flesh. It's all going to come back to you. As a matter of fact, Paul went on to, to encourage the Christian saying in verse nine, and let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those of the household of the faith. So my take on this is we've got to worry about ourselves. You know, every time you look at the wicked and you ask why and you point your finger, I think the Lord, at least to me, he always says, you you take care of your own home. You know, make sure your life is right. You make sure you're investing in the right things. You hold course. Because we can be thrown off course by looking at the wicked, complaining about the wicked, and 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 or we can lose course by thinking, look, they're not paying for their sins, so I guess I could fudge a little bit. God doesn't judge, so why don't I cheat a little bit? So there's two ways we could we could fail here. We could lose sight and, and lose hope and be discouraged, or we could actually think we can get away with sin because they are, you know, mm-hmm. anyway, I hope this is on target what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, totally. I, I think of what Peter says, he talks just talking about the character of God and not misconstruing um, kind of exactly what you were talking about, Mike, when he says, um, he says, God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but he is long suffering, not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I think mm-hmm. there is a huge uh, just character implication there of God, where we look at slack and we look at a lack of movement on God's part through broken depravity, thinking, well, this is what I would do and this is how I should act. But what we don't realize is that God's seemingly lack of movement has this wonderful, precious character trait attached to it called patience and long suffering, mm-hmm. not wanting the person to receive what we want them to receive, but wanting them to come to repent. And so I think that's 100% right on, Mike. And I would add this. I tell, I tell people this all the time. Is I say, look, 
if you are living in sin, act of sin, act of rebellion against God, um, and nothing is happening to you, do not, if you call yourself a believer, do not consider that as the mercy of God, because there's a difference between the mercy of God and the patience of God. The mercy of God, we're told, endures forever. The mercy of God is when on the hills of repentance, acknowledging my sin, God does not give me what I deserve, right? Because it's on the cross. That's beautiful mercy. It endures forever, scripture says. The patience of God does not. The patience of God does run out. The patience of God is meant to bring us to repentance, Peter says, so that we could have mercy. But if I think that somehow in my lack of repentance and I'm not going to turn, that somehow God's just so merciful in my private prayer closet. You know, God is patient. And brother, sister, let me just say, um, payday's coming. You know, if you don't know God, there's an ultimate payday. If you do know God, there is a there is a chastisement that awaits the person because God loves them, right? And so how many times have all three of us heard people say, God spoke to me over, believers, God spoke to me over and over and over, but I wouldn't listen. And now they're paying the price. They're ch- being chastised. The scales of God are balanced, friend. They don't tilt, you know, towards towards the wicked there. They don't tilt towards the righteous. They are balanced because of Christ. And so I would say in Christ, if God speaks to you, repent to save yourself from the hard, you know, ways of, of the transgressor. Right. And if you don't know Jesus, repent because you have no idea what awaits you after, after this life. Um, Mike, Mike Cunningham, let me just say this, you know, towards the end of this Psalm, he says something interesting in verse, um, I think it's in verse 15. He says, break the arms of the wicked and evildoer, call his wickedness to account till you find none. It's just like, I'm like, dude, this is like, this is like harsh, man. This is like, you know, just break them and snap them in half. And I'm just like, uh, where, what ought to be the believer? And I'd like to get both of your guys' side on this in the last couple minutes. What ought to be the believer's heart when it comes to the punishment of evil? Well, punishment, it's not up to me. It is up to God. And I even though, can I be offended by the behavior? Absolutely. Am I called to hold people accountable? Absolutely. But I don't need, I need to be rooting for the person. I need to be caring for the person. And I need to be, you know, again, sometimes God's patience also needs to be my patience in terms of not sitting there and just being angry because God is not smiting them to my satisfaction. Uh, it's a worldview issue. Um, sometimes when we think that we're getting away with something, well, we only have the earthly consequences in mind. But some, but when we're in sin, you know, the real failure is us rebelling against God. Hmm. And not getting an immediate consequence from that does not mean that we're being not being punished. I mean, there's that separation. When you get in sin, you get drift further and further from your relationship with God. And so as fellow believers, we need to be grieved for them and help restore that connection. Yeah, amen. Uh, Pastor Mike Sasso, in the last minute, uh, wrap us up here. What ought to be the Christian's response to those who are evil or doing evil and nothing seems to be happening? Should it be break your face, knock you down, bury you, and then I'm going to throw you, you know, burn you in the fire? What ought to be our, our response? Well, at the risk of sounding like a bumper sticker answer, we're to hate the sin, but love the sinner. And if you're going to hate sin, let's start with your own sin. And I think Mike Cunningham brought it out as well. Is that our, our sense of holiness, sense of righteousness, sense of hating sin should start right here in my own heart 
that if, if I'm busy fighting the sin in my life and recognizing where I need to improve, it, I find myself having a lot more mercy and love and grace for others, though there's those extreme examples of people who are just way out there that you can't even imagine why they would do such a thing. And that's when we call out on God and say, Lord, mm. into your hands, you deal with it. And, but as Mike Cunningham brought up, we pray for the repentance, their salvation. Uh, as a Christian, we follow Christ's example. Hmm. We're not necessarily looking for the, their destruction. That's up to God. Yeah. We're looking for their salvation. Yeah. And that's where our aim should be. Amen. Amen. Hey, we are out of time for this episode of Shout to Grace. Thank you for joining us. And we can't wait to get on the air next with you. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts.